this opening episode of Season 2 of Texas Hockey Talk. Bubbles and Bunsy are back for another long Stars season, hopefully deep into the playoffs again this year. But first and foremost, we have a long offseason review, and that's going to start with the NHL draft that took place in July. A lot of trade rumors, a lot of uh, draft capital that moved around, so we're going to go step-by-step, month-by-month on what's happened during the uh, time off for the boys. Uh, a few weddings, uh, a few long European trips for some of them as well, so we'll kind of break down where everybody was and what all they got into. And then now uh, into deep September, we had training camp come up. We've got some contract controversy and a new head coach putting in a new system. A whole lot to talk about, and we're here to break it down into bite-sized pieces and get you guys ready for this upcoming season. Let's go! Well, and just like that, we're back to hockey, folks. Training camp has started, and uh, we've got a whole offseason to cover in this next about hour or so. Um, so just sit back, relax, and enjoy uh, the commentary here on everything Dallas Stars related. A little bit about your host. So I'm Bubbles. I'm the creator of Dallas Hockey Fans. I've uh, been connecting Stars fans on social media since 2013. Uh, was a longtime season ticket holder until a couple years ago, uh, but still go to as many games as I can throughout and obviously still keep this page updated and as best a uh, host of Dallas Stars fandom as we can possibly get. So looking forward to expanding our horizons this year. Uh, with this creation of this podcast last spring, uh, right before the playoffs, and really expanding into Twitter and Instagram as well this next season. Um, so just ultimately looking forward to seeing how far we can grow. Um, a lot of you guys have followed me since the beginning, about eight, nine years ago, and just can't believe, I'm sure you guys have stuck around as much as I can't believe how uh, this page has really grown so much. Um, we're just at right under 21,000 followers on uh, Facebook, which is just hard to believe that uh, that many people care about what me and uh, some of my friends want to say about this team. So first and foremost, thank you to our followers and our future uh, supporters as well. For anybody new to the show, uh, welcome. We hope you enjoy entertainment and uh, just enjoy being a fan of this team because that, that's certainly why I started this page and um, all these other side projects because it's just fun. We love talking about this team and supporting them. Now, to help grow those horizons, as I mentioned a minute ago, um, I brought in a really great friend of mine, Bunzi, who is actually my current roommate here in Addison, and um, he has brought in a lot of new um, ideas and content uh, designs that have helped us grow the page massively in one quick summer. So I'll let, let him kind of introduce himself. Uh, he's a former college hockey player and uh, all around a good guy. So, Bunzi? Thanks for the introduction, Bubbles. Oh my gosh. This has been quite the summer, and we've been having a lot of fun kind of growing this page together. Yeah. And I appreciate you kind of adding me on to this group. And we've had a lot of fun doing this podcast for about, what, we've done 14 episodes or so last yeah, year. just about. And we grew that pretty fast. But having helped on the page with Dallas hockey fans, writing a lot, making uh, graphics, and kind of trying to keep Stars fans up to date on all the news that's been going on. A lot has unfolded in the past four months, and it has been a lot of fun to kind of help lead the conversation on that. And what I notice about Dallas hockey fans more so than most other sports pages in the world is the conversations are consistent, they're strong, yeah. the comment section's always full, minimum 50 comments on most posts, and we're getting the conversation going, and it's been a lot of fun. Who am I and why does my opinion matter for all the stuff we've uh, kind of posted lately? I've had a lot of pieces where I'm kind of giving my take on things. Um, I've played hockey for just about my entire life. I've lived all around the country. I lived in North Dakota. My dad was the athletic director at one point at the University of North Dakota. I've grown up around all sorts of players that have uh, gone on to have amazing professional careers. So as a child, I was, grew up around pro players and then have had the opportunity to play travel hockey and high school hockey my during my life and play with some kids who have gone on to have great careers 
play at the highest levels of college hockey, junior hockey, and go even get to play pro. So I have an insight of what it takes to be a pro player. I may have never gotten to that point in my career. I'd like to say that I had a lot of fun with uh, how far I took my career and have a good insight for people who want to not only challenge themselves, take themselves serious as a hockey player, but still get to kind of um, spread their horizons in other ways just to hockey. I got to travel the country, make all sorts of new friends playing the game, and my life led me to Texas, and I've lived here for the better part of 12 years of my life, and um, when I moved here from North Dakota, I thought hockey was not a big deal in Texas. Uh, I came to find out it was a very big deal, and there's a uh, more rinks than you can imagine in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, since 99 when they won the Cup, they built, built I think, 10-plus rinks within an hour radius of downtown Dallas. Something um, like that, yeah. And that's really kind of grew the game. And when I got here and moved, my age group had been picked up on hockey. I mean, there's, there's enough rinks to support the growth here. So the competitive levels of youth hockey are great in Texas. The high school level is phenomenal in Texas. I won a state championship here at Plano West um, and have countless friends in this area that I've um, cher cherished playing hockey with. Hockey community is strong in Texas, um, and we want people to know that around the world, that Texas isn't just a uh, straw rolling through the wind and people riding their uh, football horses country. and football country. No, this is... This is a very much Hockeyville, USA in many ways uh, that people wouldn't realize. And it's been a consistent host of uh, junior tournaments, uh, youth hockey tournaments, nationals for high school hockey. Yeah. It's, it's a hotbed for that. It's a great place to travel to, and it's why it's a great place to be a pro hockey player at. So having been your roommate for the past few years and meeting in college, knowing you ran this page, I finally said, hey, I want to jump in, offer some insight, some of my uh, – thoughts and feelings about this um i'm only half the stars fans uh you are and most of the fans we have on this page but i at least uh have a good uh perspective on things to know how to get the conversation going and back up what i'm at least feeling on these things so it's been a lot of fun yeah, I mean, having you as our, really our chief content guy going forward um, is, is exciting just the way you're able to design things in a quick speed and keep our fans up to date on what's going on. Even me, uh, since I work a full 9-to-5 job or really 7-to-7, seven seven, if you consider I'm on salary, <laughs> yeah. always working late. No, seriously. But, um, yeah, I mean, just your ability to yeah keep up with things, translate them down into a fun bite-sized piece to then make a fun graphic and, and keep the people – uh, entertained by whatever's going on, even if it's maybe a kind of a newsy situation, but we still can twist it into something conversational and, and intriguing um, that then, yeah, triggers comments and shares and new people to follow the team or, or just um, our page. It, it's really cool. And so we're really expanding horizons just from this summer from you um, experimenting with a lot of new things for us. Definitely been a summer of growth and learning as far as the social media side goes but it's easy when we have already this massive base of fans you've done a great job connecting so what, what can we do with that base you already um, have right here and how can we take it to the next level and you know we have thoughts of growing this podcast getting our content cleaner and eventually having great guests on on our podcast and um, including our fans and discussing the conversations we have going on and all these uh, posts we're talking about so there's a lot to talk about, a lot to catch the fans up on that since the last podcast we've had, I think we finished right before the NHL draft has happened. So uh, we're going to... Before we get into that though, Benzie, let's, uh, I do want to clear the air on a couple things. So um, as Dallas hockey fans, I'm sure all the followers have seen uh, some recent content, uh, whether it's been on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we have had a few staff changes, so just so everybody's aware... Um, you know, I'm still kind of leading the charge on the strategy of it. And then Bunzi is uh, obviously our head content guy. Uh, then we still got Brando doing a lot of the game updates, and he'll be a special guest on future podcasts. Um, T as well, another friend of ours who was on a lot of episodes uh, last season. Now, we did have a few um, staff members uh, join us, but then leave us here recently. So Taylor, um, famous Tornado Taylor on Twitter, 
uh, was with us for a bit, but she decided to kind of stay on her own independent side, so we definitely wish her all the best. Um, and then Jiraj, who uh, we had announced, I think, just a couple weeks ago to be a writer for us, um, he's actually decided to go on to work with Defending Big D, one of the other uh, fan sites out there. So we look forward to seeing what he does there. Um, and then we had another graphic designer, um, Drake, who was a college student. Um, we wish him the best as well, but he just decided he, he didn't have time for the page at this time as a college student. Um, so we hope everything goes well with him as well. And uh, hope, hopefully see him down the road at a, at a game. Uh, but besides that, we've still got a full list of fine folks who are going to help us out uh, this season, make sure everybody's updated consistently um, on our accounts. But uh, if you or any of your friends or shoot even um, colleagues or uh, I was going to say students or just family members that would be interested in working for us, feel free to DM, uh, DM us on Facebook or Twitter at Dallas Hockey Fans. Be more than happy to talk to people and see if we can find a fit to uh, help us out going forward. Oh, yeah. All right, Bunzi. Well, you want to take the lead on this following this timeline of the offseason. Let's uh, jump in and just kind of start at the beginning. So season one of uh, Texas Hockey Talk ended right as the NHL draft came and uh, so now we're going to jump right after it and uh, kind of start with the headlines from there. So what, uh, what really stuck out to you from this year's draft? We went defensemen heavy on the draft. We drafted five defensemen in our six draft picks, I think, uh, starting with Leon Bichel, yeah. uh, massive defenseman out of Switzerland, six foot five, I think. He's huge, yeah, 6'5". I've been watching some tape on him lately, and he's a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Stars fans of old, if you like, uh, if you love Darren Hatcher's play, this kid may be, uh, have that dog in him like Hatcher did. You know, he's an aggressive player, plays the game hard, doesn't have any mercy on it, and likes to stay close to the guys he's covering. He's not being soft about his play at all. Sure. Um but that's kind of been an int- interesting thing. We've drafted a lot of players lately, and we expect them to show up to camp and um, be involved in a lot of things. And he's almost been a little bit of a news headline uh, with what he's had going on lately. Do you have any insight on that? Well, it just from what we're hearing, because he's in Europe, so we don't get the most accurate data, but starting uh, it was late, late July, um, you had the World Junior Championships coming up, which is a bunch of national teams getting together to compete. And, um, yeah, this kid was supposed to be at least at camp for the Swiss team and decided um, citing lack of rest and, uh, I guess, just some overall physical fatigue that he um, wasn't going to show up to that camp. I mean, we all get burnt out sometimes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a huge uproar over that. I don't think it was needed. And um, How old is he, though? 18? He is 18, yeah. And his agent, at least, told, telling this European reporter that, yeah, just – He'd been through a lot of camps. Yeah, and had like a single up. summer and like is he was always working. Child, yeah, yeah, he never had a break. So he's eighteen. It's okay. I'm fine with that. But fast forward now to Dallas Stars training camp. He's not here. Now I don't know if that's from not getting an invite to camp because it's an invitation thing, or simply he wanted to stay in Europe. Um, so the Stars wanted him at that national team camp over the summer. The player didn't do it, so maybe there's a rift there. Um, that's pretty interesting for that to immediately have kind of a, a be a point of point of conflict, you know, for a kid you just drafted literally a month ago, two months ago. Um, so it's hard to say what exactly is going on there because he is so far away from our media people here that can kind of dig into it more. But um, there's something, and the fact he's not at camp at least to get that experience being around. Joe Pavelski's and Jamie Benz of the world, um, a little concerning, but I personally don't feel like it's a big deal unless he misses it next year in his second year. Yeah. I mean, sighting lack of rest makes sense when you don't get any breaks for that long of a period of time, and he has um, started playing in the Swiss League right now. So Okay. He didn't need to come to camp when he's playing pro hockey at 18. Maybe let him develop there for a little bit, and then we'll get the you know the opportunity going there the rest of the way. Well, gas is so expensive, Bunzi. I think uh, the stars are just saving a little money, uh, yeah. trying to pay Robo, so we're just keeping those costs It'd down. Be kind of a uh, yeah expensive flight, but I mean, just think about all the prospects we have that are flying in from everywhere. 
we have, a, if any, the Stars have never been short on the amount of uh, players they have from Europe. Oh, we love, uh, yeah, Europeans and Scandinavians, especially. So, dra- diving deeper into the draft, we went with another defenseman in Jordan Kairou's brother, who is a famous St. Louis Blue. Christian Kairou is the guy we drafted. So, we didn't draft Jordan Kairou's brother. We drafted Christian Kairou. Who is Jordan Kairou's brother? Yeah. So, he is an offensive defenseman who's got all sorts of poise. Um, he's a small on the smaller side, but he dominated in camp. He looked really good in camp, but he, he got sent back. Um, he needs just some time to develop. He dominated in juniors with 60 points in 68 games, playing for the Erie Otters in the OHL as a defenseman. Yeah, you know, even if you're physically able to handle it, sometimes your brain or your eyes just can't move fast enough because the game moves so much faster. It's so much more precise as you go up in levels in the professional leagues. So, um, yeah, it was unfortunate he was in the first round of cuts. Um, People were looking forward to him playing against the Blues in the first preseason game a few days ago against his brother. Uh, but we'll just have to wait for that matchup. Yeah, and then besides the rest of the draft, we could spend a long time talking about it, but the bottom line is uh, the headline of our prospects from there is we, we left with uh, four defensemen, a uh, forward, and a goalie from the from the draft. So. And what was that goalie's name? Maxim Mayorov. Yeah. I'm just I'm a I'm a I'm a judge of goalie names and I don't think that kid's gonna cut it unfortunately but um, you know hey what's a good goalie name what do you need to you just need uh, to sound a little bit better yeah Vasilevsky or a Shosturkin or a quick oh I mean quick quick it'd be nice if I were a goalie and my name was yeah. fast <laughs> Turco that's a good one okay well the draft was sick but the bottom line is uh, our prospect pool is looking stronger. Uh, regardless of that draft, based on the guys who already were drafted and the way they showed up at camp and how they're sticking around and getting to play in some preseason games. They've been covering the headlines. But something that happened immediately after that draft was the discussion of uh, what's going on with John Klingberg. He uh, was free agency, you yeah. know, entering the free agency market. We're discussing the potential uh, opportunity of having Brent Burns or Jeff Petrie or someone – and we weren't wrong about Brent Burns going to get traded, but he went to the Carolina Hurricanes, and that team just got a lot better. Yeah, the Stars ended up being a finalist in that, Bunsy. You were one of the first to really think that that was a great option I'm just for connecting Brent Burns. the dots, you know. Yeah. He does have, a what, a ranch here in Texas? Yep, so that's, that's half the dot, and then he played for <laughs> Peter DeBoer. And so, yeah, the signs were there. The Stars, I believe, just couldn't, uh, couldn't pay him enough. Yeah. Didn't have enough money. Okay, so that's getting hot. So during that time, you know, John Klingberg's in the open market. Marion Student each gets signed by us for a one-year, two-way contract to stay in Dallas for a minimum 750k. I like this signing. He's looked phenomenal in preseason games. Yeah. He's buzzing. He's playing both ends of the ice, and that's what you want out of a fourth or third-line player is somebody who fills lanes, four-checks hard, back-checks even harder, and – yeah. No, it's a good depth signing, good price. He's not going to give you tons of points, but I just want him not to get scored on and be able to block shots and uh, you know, maybe do penalty killing. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to wonder where John Klingberg is going to sign. And, um, and this, we're this, kind this. of accepting he's not going to be a Dallas star, but it's dragging on. Yeah. Because the summer starts to go on. We're like, okay, John Klingberg, he's, you know, free agency starts. We're like, are we going to sign him? Who else is in the market? We don't even know who we're going to sign. Well, it gets way more dramatic, right? Because he was actually in the middle of a wedding. Wedding. Right when free agency But starts. not just a wedding. He was with um, Yanmark and some former N- or other buddies uh, from Switzerland. Sagan was there. Or not Switzerland, Sweden. Yep. And, well, this was not at his wedding. I'm talking, he was at like a week-long bachelor party oh, bachelor with party. like 20 yeah. dudes. And like a visa, And then went to his wedding the next week. I don't know how he could function. After drinking as much as you probably did and partying and yeah, being those in the pictures sun, look crazy. like if I'm in the sun and I drink, 
I, I'm done for the rest of the day. If I do that for a week long, I'm done for a year. <laughs> these are these are professional athletes, Bunzi. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, they're that's that's probably the difference between us and them. World class. So we're we're talking that, and then free agency opens, and um, Klingberg doesn't get signed the first day, but we signed somebody pretty fast in Mason Marchman for a four by four point five million deal. So this cat is a young kid from Florida Panthers who had an electric offense last year. 47 points in 51 games. But now he only played 51 games last year, which is a little concerning, coming off injury. But um, but he's climbed his way up his entire career. So he's not just a guy who's been a highly t- touted player. Yeah. He has had success all the way building up from the ECHL to the AHL to getting an opportunity. And I think, was he with Vegas? Uh, traded potentially, yeah, might have been. Long story one of short, dra- early draft picks. What we can say about him up until this point, seeing him in camp, seeing him at his first preseason game when he had two goals and seven shots, camp he's been the most noticeable player. He is a force to be reckoned with with the speed he has. He has a head heads up shot. He's determined to shoot a lot and be impactful on offense and not going to be passing it around. He, he wants to get the puck to the net, which is what we need out of some of our forwards. What have we lacked from our forwards in the past? Well, with the loss of Alex Radulov, so long, farewell, friend, uh, we had to replace that top six winger that we've really been missing. And so Mason Marchment, uh, at only, I believe, $4 million a year, um, so not a huge hit. Um, this could end up, you know. Not, yeah, not, not a really high-risk move at all. Not at all. So looking forward to that. And who's he going to be paired with? Uh, you know, we assumed at the beginning Jamie Ben and Sagan, but now with you know some contract controversy, maybe he has to go top line and help out those guys. Well, I just think he fits in the the, the lineup offers to not you know the Pavelski and Sons line in my opinion as far as chemistry goes for chemistry's sake, I would do. If they can stay together, that'd be great. But Mason Marshman allows us to be deep on three lines. And we can work these lines around however we want. So the, so we get him. We get Dennis Curiano back, speaking of speed. We so, decided to re-sign him. But we also signed Colin Miller. So we signed Colin Miller on a two-year 1.85 AAV. So now we've taken up six, 4.5 plus 1.85 Plus the seven fifty from student each, so we're signing some players, right? We're looking great. Uh-huh. We're starting to empty out our cap space because I think we we're at fourteen or eleven. Fourteen to sixteen at the beginning of all this. Yeah, yeah. So we're working our way. Well, Tyler Sagan decides to jump in and steal the news headlines, and he signs a lifetime contract with his fiance, mm-hmm. and he does this while he's in Europe working his way to. John Klingberg's wedding. So he uh, gets proposed with Smoke Show. Beautiful. Some very controversial engagement uh, engagement photos. He's holding her dress down. You guys need to calm down. Yeah, I don't know. Calm down, everybody. He's just holding his dress down. He's a gentleman. Um, And, yeah, he got engaged. And the summer starts to progress. So we thought, you know, hey... Klingberg's chilling. He's getting married. His best friend Sagan has just got engaged um, in Greece, and then they're all, all meeting the up. All the stars buddies are coming. Like it's not like he's in a rush to get signed. He's chilling, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get the money I earned. I, you know, I, I I'm earned, on vacation. I man. earned an eight by eight contract. Yeah. I earned a heavy sided long term contract, and um, that's kind of not what happens. The news breaks that. I forget all the time frame exactly, the days or whatever, but uh, yeah, his agent gets the can. Longtime agent, too. Most of his career was spent with this guy. And um, that's a sign that the player let him handle the free agency situation, and the free agent ended up losing a lot of money over the agent's choices. So, uh, so instead of an 8 by 8 contract, he signs a 1 by 7 contract and goes to the Anaheim Ducks, which will be a prove-it year for him. And if he has a great season and plays above the value he's playing at right there, he stands to still make a lot of money. Now, where does the 8x8 contract come from? 
that contract comes from kind of what he was that's uh kind of what was going around is what he was asking for earlier in the year. Well, and the we Stars offered him a big contract early or middle of last season. Well, they turned it down because they and, wanted more money. Hey, nothing's consistent in terms of players' production guaranteed. Everything changes as time goes on. Yeah. So Jason Robertson, you know, I bet you Jim knows, like, can you maybe score 20, 30 less points than you are now so we don't have to pay, like, be negotiating with you. It's just the way things go. So, so while gone. that potential, where's Klingberg going to go, we're getting rumors, you know, from – our inside source that Matthew Kachuk is saying, "Hey, I want to go to Dallas," which means players are starting to want to move. They're they're not gonna they don't want to resign where they're at and they want to leave. Johnny now did- this news caused absolute chaos on our channels back in the summer, Bunzi. When we first reported that we had an inside source telling us that Kachuk wanted to be in Dallas. That just meant he wanted to be in Dallas. We worded it perfectly. So the the not rumor but confirmed action was he they were reaching out to Dallas saying, "Bring me home, bring, bring me here." Not home. It's not even home, yeah, but it's just hey, I want to. This team is a team. I think if I came here with what you guys have right now, we can do really well. Yeah, and um, and we need no an state income tax. Board. He doesn't want to be in Canada anymore. <laughs> you know, I got another inside source. This is a fact. That says the it's kind of toxic in Calgary, the way the wives treat each other, treat each other and the really? girlfriends. Wow. So, and plus playing in Canada, uh, the way COVID restrictions have been and all sorts of things. And they just this week announced they were going to end vaccine mandates. So things have there. changed, and the mentality of American-born players want to get out of there. And hey, that is what it is. So that was what we kind of chose to share with y'all is what we're. We're getting from people we trust and know have strong connections with people closer than as close to the situation as you can get. It's not to be a rumor mill. It's not to be you know NHL news rumors because um, there are a few of those websites that get shared a lot, and it's just it's just BS. They're based on nothing. It's just for fun. Our stuff does come from legitimate people with knowledge of what's going on, so, and that's why we share it with you guys. Look, let's take a step back. And stay humble for a second, but I actually broke the news of the Winter Classic coming to Dallas the day, the day before it was announced by TSN and the actual media sites um, because we had witnesses on site at Fair Park telling us that they so were all about who you know. There were and NHL officials there, and so this we page the fans, provides us with connections. We the fans have the power to be in the know. We so just keep work us with with info, and we'll keep your sources hidden. You reach out to us, share what you know, and we'll share it. We don't want to be a rumor mill causing chaos and um, spreading false information. But we, yeah. if if we're well connected with people we trust, um, are telling us stuff that's worth sharing. And we may not always tell you the source, and we're just going to share stuff that's worth talk, talking about. Yeah, we're going to bring we're going to bring news to the people, and, and that's what we did. Um, some in the media, I'm not going to name names, but a famous radio personality did um, misinterpret the report as Dallas being the number one target for a Kachuk trade. That was not the news at all, and yet uh, there were quite a few. I don't know. People reaching out to us saying, hey, why would you report that if it's not true? Well, it creates opportunity for, oh, like, he didn't get traded here. You guys were wrong. Well, that's not what we said. It's like he put it if, – if you put a destination list of places you wanted to go and Calgary has the option to trade you to these places or, like, kind of make a trade that's – Calgary's trading him wherever they want. Cal, that's just where Kachuk wanted to go. So, So that's the big rumor. However – the day after we post that, the trade gets done. It's not to Dallas, but to Florida for a huge load, massive load. Which was a big part of why they probably got rid of Mason Marchment. They didn't have the money to sign him, and he was probably asking for a little more. And it's kind of a great story how Mason Marchment ends up as a Dallas star, having his dad uh, recently just pass away, who was a former NHL uh, player, um, and kind of – his history with the Stars not only being a rival, but having been injured prior to his uh, rival, like prior to him being an antagonist.
for the Stars. He had a bad injury as a Dallas Star, and uh, his whole team had to leave town to go to another game, and all the Dallas Stars players went and checked in on him at the hospital. It's a pretty cool story. Well, um, Marchman, Mason Marchman's dad, is it Steve? Brian Marchment. Brian, yeah. Brian Marchment, um, you know, was working in the NHL with the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. And um, Spotter, I think, is the last name of the new assistant coach we hired who's very close with Marchment, which will be a great connection. I want him to feel at home as soon as possible, seeing him interact with the fans in Oklahoma and seeing the way he played there. And just seems like he's playing with a smile on his face and really happy to be at the rink. And what I can attest to is – uh, hockey is a place where if, if you love the game, uh, you can be at most content and all your worries can wash away when you're on the ice. So, great for Mason. Glad he's there. And, so you um, think that was the connection that really helped Mason feel like this was a place to come was Coach Spotter? Well, I think there's a lot of attractive reasons to want to come to Dallas, but if, if you got a coach who's on his way here and, and we can reach out and make a deal happen, coaches are scouts. At the same, at the end of the day, coaches go scout players. Coaches read up on everybody else. They gotta else. build a team. They're just as much of a part of the GM's actions as anybody else. Yeah, sure. It's all about who you know. Yeah. It's why we have connections. Coaches have connections. Hockey's a small world, and it's crazy. You never know who you're gonna run into. I was at the airport and ran into the Philadelphia Flyers skill coach just because <laughs> I saw his bag tag on his bag. Yeah. Turns out he's in Dallas training. Uh, Seth Jones and his brother so he does some like freelance work and works with players before the season starts and I'm like that seems kind of like uh, the whole Ben Bishop thing is like how can he be an employee for one company but work train players for another thing yeah we'll, we'll get into that but, uh, <laughs> yeah back to the Kachuk thing so he gets traded so that was the big free I guess agency news and the drama is starting to build up because we're signing we're signing boom 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 this is mid-July now we're signing a few players yeah Klingberg hadn't really been signed yet, but we're still moving along. We're starting to talk about Jason Robertson not having been re-signed yet and Jake Ottinger. Those were the two big names left after, you know, you fill in a few gaps, you've realized you can't pay Klingberg. He goes on his way. It's, okay, what's left? Well, So we're getting the conversation going big time on that. Well, you have we're about one, $10 million left for Jake and Jason. Yeah, so we wanted to talk about that as much as possible to kind of emphasize why does Jason Robertson deserve a lot of money? Um, what has he done? What's the market value look like? And yeah. kind of add some substance to that conversation. And we're no pros on this. We're not analytic junkies. We don't know everything. But what we do know is the market value. So if, if somebody's making this a certain amount of points in a season and they're getting paid this much money, then we can compare him to that player and say, oh, Jason made more points than that guy. He deserves more money. It's not always the case. If that's his job as a forward, typically, yeah, your job would be to score. If you're a defenseman, you're graded a little differently, of course. But some players want to secure terms so they can have security in their job and be able to play as long as possible. That's some players want to make as much money as possible because they know their careers can be short. Jason Robertson has a case for multiple things, and his agent and him have a lot of power in the upcoming negotiations. But that's when we got the conversation going around late July. This was constant Otter and Robertson talk all summer. Yeah, because that, that's all that was left. It was, okay, everybody else has been finalized. There's really no other free agents. Klingberg free agents wasn't signed yet. In all of our Stars team, we got oh. freaking Hens, Heiskanen, Kiviranta, um, Lindell, Ben, Sagan, Bishop. Um, you even have Alex Hemsky and Janmark at Klingberg's wedding. Yeah. All these for- <laughs> former Stars, current Stars. You got Ben, Sagan, current Stars, big pieces of our team and going on European vacations about two months, a month and a half before training camp starts. Um, it's glad, it's good to see that, um, you know, these things are just like we did for ourselves going to weddings and traveling. When you have a job you go to all the time, they get to play in the NHL and make millions of dollars doing it. It's fun, but you need an escape from some things to reflect on how great life is. Have some fun with your buddies recharge and get ready for the start of a season we're you know i was a hardcore fan you're like they should be working out all summer they don't get to go on vacation they have to be better because they haven't played to their best abilities but no i'm i'm more on the other side of this Sagan getting engaged is good ben looks 
You know, like Ben has a new girlfriend, I believe. But Ben looks like he's dropped a lot of weight. He's rocking the man bun now too. A lot has changed for him this summer. Maybe he's gone with the whole Aaron Rodgers mentality. You know, just he's relax, relax. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, the summer was kind of over except to sign Jake and Jason, and that story is still active uh, now for the Jason side. Jake Ottinger finally was signed to what we'll call a bridge deal, and um, leaves us what six seven million left and uh, it sounds like robertson wants to take a little more than that from us um so that's really where the negotiations stand up to today um but it was it was it was worrying there for both because we had these conversations of you know well you know we talked you just talked about jason and his stats and he's one of the only dallas stars ever to um and few in the NHL have ever done this, be a point-per-game player in their first, what, 100, 150 128 games? 128 games, 125 points, 0.97 points per game. That's just unheard of. Like only the all-time 40 goals last season. Say what you want about who he plays with, but for him to do it the way he's done it as a 23-year-old in his first Phenomenal. two, two full-ish seasons. Yeah. Um, we're getting to the point where it's been so long because we kind of dragged this on for since middle of July till now talking about Jason Robertson's contract that people are over it. People don't want to know he's negotiating or asking for more money. They're almost like shit or get off the pot sort of at this point, which is not really fair. Contract negotiations, Jamie Benn's first negotiation before the massive one everybody's complaining about now. Yeah. Took him all the way into four games into the regular season. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Negotiations are serious business. We as fans want that to happen quick, but the team needs to get a good deal. He needs to get a good deal, and they need to do it on good terms. We want Robertson to be a full-time star for as long as possible. If you're an old-time Stars fan and you love Mike Madano, then how can you even say a single thing about Jason Robertson negatively? You know, oh, he didn't perform well in the playoffs. Well, we don't have we didn't have the team or the system for him to perform his best um, in the playoffs, and our coach that was there isn't there anymore. So things are going to change this season, and I think Jason Robertson stands to go from whatever point production he had then to increase even more on the team he could be on this next season. So we need to kind of put a little more respect on his name. Some rumors are jumping around back and forth, but. Just like rumors going on now, we had a rumor that Patrick Kane was even going to potentially be a Dallas star at one point in the summer. And that that all is very possible. A lot of teams have been on him, Patrick Kane, and yeah, we reported that he, uh, you know, the the stars were trying to do the math, which is true. I would assume Jim Nail looks at every possible situation to make his team better, and I think bringing a three-time Cup winner to your team uh, will always make it better. Even if the, the uh, contract's a little hefty, I'm sure the Blackhawks would uh, take some of it back just to get rid of him and some of the tenure on there. I don't think Patrick Kane, with even the point production he has now, is our, a difference maker enough to help us put us over the edge to be a cup winner. He's clutch. He's always been clutch. He's clutch. We don't, we're not clutch. The question is, the Blackhawks would have to retain salary. We'd have to have a massive trade and then find a way to trade Robertson's rights to the Blackhawks or something. Um, no, I just think I think shooting. they would take Foxa and maybe a nice prospect. Yeah, well, the thing is, we have Foxa and Dobby still on contract. Dobby's been playing preseason games lately. We're trying to showcase him a little bit. Unfortunately, fan favor for the longest time, Dobby is going to be on his way out. Um, there's no foreseeable future with him on as part of the organization, um, unless he's on the LTIR list um, where he can't play. For him to be a part of this team, um, we need to free up the cap space he's taking and potentially Radic Foxes if we want to sign. Because at this point, Robertson. there's not enough money to pay Robo. Something has to be moved. For what Robo wants, and I think me and Munzee agree, deserves about eight to nine million a year at this point if we're going to sign him to a big deal. So, yeah. It, they say bridge deals, you know, most bridge deals, Elias Pedersen's was somewhere around $7.5 million a year for three years. Yeah. A bridge deal is anywhere between one to four years, and it's kind of saying, hey, we're going to give you a, a medium-sized deal for a good player for four years, and then you're going to earn that big contract, which will go all the way until you're pretty much done with your career for six to eight years. So Yeah, it's, it's a prove-it deal, you know. 
for Robertson, it's his numbers have been so historically high, it's what else do I have to prove? And if I get injured next season, it'd be all for nothing if I don't get the money now. So I, I do agree with how he's approaching things. Um, it was interesting that um, our goalie, Jake, decided to do the bridge deal option um, coming off you know his historic playoff performance. But I think that was the right move because the Stars can still say, well, yes, you did catch fire in the playoffs. Yes, you did have a good second half of last season. But we need to see more. And I think the team deserves to see more before – committing to you uh, long-term. Well, so, uh, yeah, there's some flash-in-the-pan things where you're like, hey, I, I did this performance, I deserve a big contract. And some players do get big contracts bef- uh, because of that. Sure. You know, that's kind of what's changed the whole dynamic of the conversation about this is as we've compared Jason Robertson to other players, players are getting signed each week that are worse than him for big deals. So let's talk about some players – that have lower points per game yeah. in their first, you know, three seasons before they got their big deals. Their contract, yeah. Tim Stutzel, he signed a he signed a big contract for eight point three million a year. Who? Yeah, Tage Thompson, seven point one million a year. Big deal. Kyle too. Connor, seven point one million a year. Big deal. Alice Hemsky, seven point four million. William Nylander, who held out. Um, he did the six point nine million a year. Um, so Robertson has more points per game than all those players by a considerable amount. He has point nine seven points per game. Players who are paid higher than him, Kirill Kaprizov, nine million a year, has point nine two points per game. When he signed his contract, he had fifty five games and fifty one points. Then we had. Miko Rontanen, who I've wrote, written an article about 209 points in 239 games, point eight seven points per game. He's now a point-per-game player. The argument just changes where Robertson can compare himself to these players and has to be honest with what our salary cap is, and he has to do a team-friendly deal uh, because we really don't have enough flexibility to open up $10 million worth of cap space. But we can get closer to that $8 million range, and hopefully he signs somewhere around eight five, which is the rumor Kevin Weeks was talking about today. But the whole conversation we brought up earlier about Jake Ottinger was there was some drama going back and forth that um, at one point we were speculating and hearing from some close sources to the situation that there was an agreement on term, and they weren't reaching, getting close to it, and as the months went on, eventually uh, the Stars owner went on a podcast and had a lot to say about contracts, young players wanting money, um, and all sorts of stuff, which caused a massive stir-up and conversation amongst Stars fans and Stars social media to the point where Jake Ottinger went on NHL Network the next day and you know said, we're working hard to get signed, me and Jason Robertson, and then ends up signing the next day after that. So just the massive falling of the dominoes where he signed it signed a really affordable deal, three years at $4 million. Can't complain about that. I'm really happy with that deal. I don't feel like we overpaid. I feel like we got three years to really decide how great he is. Goalies, goalies are the hardest position to really judge, judge true talent um, until you have that 160 games. Like you need two seasons worth of play. Um, yeah, and the podcast from Gallardi really uh, brought up a lot of interesting quotes, um, specifically more to contracts on um, young players back in the day didn't ask for this much money or this much of a percentage of a team's overall cap. Um, now, let's remember that pre-2005, there was no salary cap, so guys could technically get paid as much as they wanted to. Um, but free agency really wasn't a huge... Or as as big and open as it is these days, um, so you're seeing a lot of you're seeing at least Gallardi, who's been around the NHL uh, through his family for a long time, is um, you know had, just has a weird perspective on you know back in my day, you know we used to give these guys chump change until they were a true superstar, and then we give them the big contract that they deserve. So he he seemed frustrated that this new NHL requires you to pay your young guys, even if they've only proven themselves a year or two which I'm sure is tough to commit long-term to somebody, 
But uh, yeah, in this day and age, it's what have you done for me lately? And um, I feel like that podcast was a little bit easy to overanalyze and kind of make it seem a lot more dramatic than it was. He had a lot of straight up answers, and his perspective is a little old time hockey. But the truth is, when you spend a lot of money um, on players and they take up a massive amount of your salary cap, you can't play uh, pay other players to come in and contribute and have that depth you need. And you start getting shallow towards the bottom of your lineup. And I can understand that sentiment, but it doesn't really work when you have a 40-goal scorer and there's only four of them that have ever existed in the organization. It's Mike Madano, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, and now Jason Robertson. And Rope Hintz is right behind them. You just have to accept that Rope Hintz and uh, Jason Robertson are the next 2-0 of the future, and you're going to have to figure out how to tie them up. So the we, stars have to figure this out. There's, there's no way they can let Robertson walk. He is the future. Well, Ben and Sagan but, are just kind of that old reminder of past bygone years where we would lose to the Blues in the second round. People are just getting bored and want to sock. Hey, we don't have money to sign him. It's not going to happen. It's like it's a soap opera going on, and we just want to post about it, keep the conversation going. But the fact is, it's going to happen. There's just a lot of things that are going to have to happen before now and then. So let's speculate on those things. Is Foxer going to leave? Is is Dobby going to get traded? Those things are highly um, up in the air. And I'm fine with that. Um, Want to know why I'm fine with that? Because this summer, one of our prospects had quite the summer with Logan Stankovan, winning a gold medal in the World Juniors, showcasing himself to the world, seven points in ten games. And the World Junior Championship. Actually, my bad. Ten points in seven games, led the tournament in face-off percentage. Yeah. Um, he won a gold uh, earlier in the year at the 2021 U18s, won CHL Player of the Year, and he won gold at the World Juniors. I mean, the future's as bright as we can get with a guy like him. Then you got Wyatt Johnston popping in. Maverick Bork showing off analytically off the charts as a two-way um, player at his level. Yeah, these are names that hopefully one or two of them sprinkle in the lineup this season for the Stars. Johnston, Stankovin, Bork. Yeah. Those are the three forwards with the most most to show for us in this little prospect pool, and I expect them to, to stick around, but um, they're getting every opportunity to play in these preseason games and show themselves off in camp, which is all that matters. You just need them confident whether they're going to be here or not next year. They need to feel like they have the respect of their teammates and that their team will be ready for them when they're ready, and it's no pressure. They shouldn't have that pressure. you know. If they're not ready um, and they can get better playing another year in juniors, that's phenomenal. I would, we'd all love to have 18-year-old players scoring 50 points for us and dominating, but that's not the case all the time. And hockey's a man's league. You watched um, Trevor Zegers get hit the other night. It's fun to be on the cover of the video game and do lacrosse-style goals behind the net. But there's defensemen and forward who haven't forgot that hockey is a physical league where you can still hit. So you better keep your head up, and you better be ready. you, you got to be an elite athlete. You can get absolutely knocked the frick out in hockey. And um, I like Logan Stankovan's game, and I'm not worried about him getting hit. He plays low to the ground. He's, he's buzzing back and forth. But that's been the same case with the other two prospects we mentioned. So... The offseason's progressing, and we're still stressing about this Robertson thing, but then we make a trade. We trade a first-round pick and a future consideration for a fourth-round pick uh, with some stipulations as far as where where we finish, what it's conditional on. But we trade for Nils Lundqvist of the New York Rangers, defenseman, right-handed shooter, who was buried in the depth chart for the Rangers behind Truba, your 2018 first-round pick, I believe, as well. So they thought highly of him, and... He just hasn't worked out in their system under a Gerard Gallant, but maybe here's a new a new thing, just like a Valery Nichushkin, who's now Stanley Cup champion, um, but just needed a change of scenery, a new a no, new line of people. In Val doesn't space. get any airtime on this podcast. He didn't even <laughs> say that. So the, he played in the SHL. Lundqvist did, and he where's that. Swedish Hockey League. Okay. And he showed off his skills big time with being one of the lead, uh, the leading goal scorer for defensemen um, as an 18-year-old, I'm pretty sure, a 19-year-old. And the kid has a bomb of a one-timer. He loves to shoot it. And I think maybe he was gripping his stick a little too hard in the 25 games he got in the uh, NHL last year and was kind of buried in the lineup. And now he gets an opportunity on a team 
that needs a right-handed defenseman. And he's coming in, and he may be able to do exactly what John Klingberg did for us um, for less money. And not exactly. Nobody can really reach Klingberg's offense right away. But I like the the upside, and he's going to get an opportunity to play with Miro tonight um, against the Minnesota Wild uh, on the first D pairing, which will be very exciting. He comes in and takes a little more cap space. Now we have about $6.6 million left in cap space. So the continued conversation is stressing out about this whole kind of ordeal. It, it You know, it, yeah. Just to sum up, it's unlikely Robertson would budge. So then it's how does the team do the math to make this work? Because I know Jim Neal is smart enough not to lose a Robertson after signing a Marchment or – um, a Ryan Suter, what a year or two ago, some of these you know depth guys that have pretty decent sized deals, um, somewhat risky moves you could say just because our cap situation is so tight right now with so many young guys kind of deserving a good chunk of money whether it was Otter and now uh, yeah Robo being yeah. The, being the main one. Well, there's but then some... isn't Rupe hints up next year? Yeah, so Jamie Ben comes off the book in three seasons. So the the, uh, the ideal situation is there's all these bridge deals, but Rupe hints will be able to ask for a lot of money. So there's stuff that's going to have to happen for sure. But we even have rumors going around that Robertson's asking for eleven million by eight years, which I think is a pretty uns- unsubstantiated rumor, and I don't think. Some poor team. I don't think it's that. actually like Buffalo. <laughs> I don't think it's actually appropriate to like like jump in and like drop speculations while there's that active contract talks going on. Um, I just think we should just talk about it ourselves, but not really speculate on rumors or say like from sources they're saying this. This is like not. It's our business, and once it is. Well, and, I mean. We, we did have some insight on some of Otter's negotiations, but that, you know, we didn't want to affect any of that. That's behind closed door stuff that just doesn't need to be. Not need everything to be needs to be public information. And, but, you know, I find it hard to believe. The bottom line in a contract talk is if you want, if you think something's a certain value and I want to make the most money possible, I'm going to ask for as much money up front. And then you can say what your line is, and we're going to work our way to the middle. And one of us is going to feel like we won the deal, and the other one's going to feel like we lost. But rarely do is there a deal where both feel happy. So if he said $11 million, hypothetically, <laughs> then he's just starting high, and they're saying, they're saying six. So let's Are you starting a rumor? The Stars want six? Well, hey, we can speculate a little bit because Gallardi said guys come in and they want seven million and they're on their off their rookie contract. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of saying maybe he's starting. Hey, we'll do six, six five for three years or seven for three years. We don't want to do more, and these guys want more. So let's say he wants seven and eleven. Let's meet in the middle at nine. Robertson wants nine. He can compare himself to players like Miko Rantanen and some of these other guys and say, I'm at least eight and a half. I think that's market value. There are right. certain things Import he's not going to budge on, and we're not even being mean on it. A bridge deal at three years, 8.5 is crazy, but if we can get him for eight years at 8.5, three years from now we could feel like it's the biggest deal ever, just like when we got Klingberg at the deal we got him at. What, you know, why does a bridge deal make sense? Like you said, Jamie Ben's off so we have more money. But the NHL, as it increases in revenue – the revenue well, sharing ends up bringing the cap space up five to ten million dollars in the next five season. Yeah, five prediction just came so. out today. In the next yeah three three to four years, it could go up by about ten million, which is awesome. To mean the league is growing and revenues are growing, so players get richer. But at the same time, I mean, allows teams more flexibility with their money movement, which is really great. So for Robo, it's like, well, can I wait or should I get paid now? And why would you get paid now? Well, if you get injured, your career's affected by that. Shoot, that's a lot of money you could possibly leave on the table. Well, just sometimes people are hard to hard pressed to spend that much money, but it will feel like a deal if you can get him for eight five or or under nine million dollars for more than five seasons. It's going to be a deal. It's just he's produced. There should be no negativity around any contract talks or rumors being spread to get us saying bad things about Robertson, which I don't like what's going on in social media. 
Facebook's been great for us, and we've had some fun on Twitter. Uh-huh. But Twitter conversations are a lot more different. And I'm just kind of noticing there's been kind of people turning on Jason Robertson since this whole rumor has been spread. It's a bunch of bullcrap. You know, he's working on getting the best deal for him and the best deal for the team. But he has a lot of power to this, and there should be no respect changed on Jason Robertson. It's just the way the market's going, and I'm, he's not a cocky guy. We're lucky to have had, it, had him for the, the amount of time we've had him, and I look forward to him signing hopefully a big deal here soon. Yeah, sign Robo. Okay, brother. So what are your thoughts kind of – we've already played two preseason – is it two? Two preseason games. Uh-huh. It's kind of gone by quick, but the way the preseason typically works is you split up teams. You have a combination of prospects and AHL players with current pro players on the roster, and you split it up into two teams, and they play they uh, preseason games throughout the year. And you they start alternate, yeah. You start cutting the roster as the games go on as you get closer to the start of the regular season. Yeah, kind of like football. So most of you guys um, are used to the, you know, Mid late July, the Cowboys are going to Oxnard training camp. Here we go. Then it's two weeks of just nonstop updates about drills and blah blah blah. Then it's three to four weeks of games weekly. Um, hockey's a little different. It's a little more sporadic and not as I don't know. It's not as dramatic. It's training camp for four days in a different city, which um, everybody went to Cedar Park this year, which is really great to. To support the Austin fan base, except for Jason Robertson, for the my, my, yeah, he doesn't support you Austinites. So he showed up on the roster, but hasn't been signed through camp. So he didn't hasn't been signed through camp or the start of preseason. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, I mean, that's still going on, of course. But um, besides that, I mean, you've got these new NHL players coming in: Marchment, um, Colin Miller, and um, this guy Butcher. Just, yeah, oh, Will Butcher is another veteran defenseman. Uh, that was signed for a cheap deal. Another depth guy. So a lot of yeah, a lot of new guys on defense. And uh, you know we lost Klingberg. So I think just trying to reshuffle that it's going to be interesting. Um, but besides that, yeah, you've got these prospects peaking up. You've got um, some AHL players that have probably been in and out as depth players for a couple of years. So it'll be interesting if any of them are ready to fit into this new team. Because again, coach has a new philosophy. Um, his first couple of games have shown that it's a lot more balanced. He it's said he doesn't. He hasn't even gotten to know any of the players because he wants to create his own impressions. On, what on do you the think players. that means? Like he just wants to get to know him. He doesn't want to ask about it. I mean, as in he hasn't asked about any of the other players. He's trying to create his own impressions, which I think maybe he's coming in with a clean slate. So if you're used to any pairings or line lineups or. Uh, lines playing together, certain players being with each other. He may come Forget in and split it. that all up. Yeah. Because Gurionov and Marchman and Pavelski have been on a line, I think. Or... Oh, weird. There's... It's all messed up. But some of that's because Robertson isn't there on the top line either. So you gotta you got to find chemistry as well. Because, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't just want to put a random guy with other guys and they don't play well together. It's and who's going to play well together? The Boris whole mentality is he's not here. We we can't we can't treat, he's not the, treat the star can't. social media guys have the same philosophy. They're not even going to post about it being twenty one days until the season. Well, the rules opens, are, right? which has been made plenty clear to us, is <laughs> uh, you can't use the name or rights because he's not a contract player, so they can't even sell his jerseys. Blah 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 blah. blah. Whatever. So oh, so if I go on the Stars team store, whatever. Yeah. So, oh. long story short, he's dealing with that. But the first preseason game happens uh, in Dallas. We play the St. Louis Blues, and we lose four zero. Um, this is ugly, man. Anton, we watched that and fell asleep. Anton Kadobin started our played two periods, one period, one period, and then Otter played the rest. Dobby's been playing. He came off LTRR, which is the headline of this game, um, which I think he's just getting it's shaken the off the rush to show a lot of uh, scouts and yeah. other people that he can still play because the Dallas Stars have to do something either with his roster or figure out where he finds a place uh, that can help us still sign Robertson, which most likely means a trade. So he's showcasing himself right now, and he will be starting in the third preseason game for us and maybe playing the entire game. We did not do well that game, but it's not about the score uh, so much in preseason as much as it's about evaluation of prospects. And our the three we mentioned, 
uh, Bork, Stankovin, and um, Johnston. Yeah. All played well. They uh, all had flashes of greatness. That's something you got to kind of keep your eye yeah, on. Yeah, it's can our guys, especially the young guys, keep up with the speed of the NHL? As I kind of alluded to earlier, it's, you know, can your body physically and mentally, especially mentally, handle how fast the game moves? Can you keep up? Can you think ahead? Yeah, and these guys have all been the best players at the levels they've played at, and they've done that for a while. So but they're the most likely to You can't exactly translate everything to the next level uh, right away. Um, so I think it's kind of you got to be patient with some prospects. you got to appreciate the skill set they have, but understand that it's going to take them some time in either – Another year juniors, some time in the AHL, or uh, whatever that may be to kind of develop and understand where their skill set works. It's not always a direct translation, but some of these guys are looking ready and showing flashes of greatness, uh, moving the puck down the ice and setting up opportunities. Stankovin's noticeable, but Bork is looking NHL ready. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's going to tie back to the coach. What team does he want to put out on the ice? Is it... You know, what, what style of play? Who's going to fit? Just because somebody shows really nicely in a preseason game, don't expect that to mean he's going to make the team because of that. Yeah, a lot of it absolutely. Is, a lot of it's fit. So the second game comes around, and Oklahoma was given quite a show. Uh, Kiviranto with a breakaway goal. Um, went to overtime, yeah, against went Arizona. Went to overtime. Marchment with two goals, seven shots on net. Uh, Foxa with a couple assists. Players stepping in. Uh, Shea had a goal. I don't really know much about Shea. I can't really speak on him. I haven't really been keeping up with him. Um, but Marchman apparently was dominant at the game and very noticeable from uh, from my close buddy who was at the game. Um, yeah. said Will Butcher surprisingly uh, been very noticeable to him, and that's great news to hear. Yeah, it's great. They do a preseason game just about yearly in, in Oklahoma um, this year in Tulsa. We so. have a crap ton of fans in Oklahoma. I know we do. I know people driving in from Arkansas and Kansas. And, Having uh, played at Oklahoma, OKC. there's some diehard fans who really love hockey there. And uh, Yeah, I mean, Tulsa Oilers, right? Minor league teams and ECHL teams are around, so uh, there's definitely avenues yeah, of being a hockey fan. Yep. So, which is great. So cool to see that. It was interesting that it was a back-to-back home and home, so even though it was in a different state to start the preseason. But, uh, yeah, well, the boys got, got it going, and now they're playing the third preseason game right now against uh, Minnesota. So, um, you know, you just hope these prospects, yeah, can keep up as these couple weeks go by, and uh, they'll be the last ones left and ultimately make the team. One of these couple names we keep repeating uh, to be the most likely. We're giving these young players who – Really good opportunity to play with great players because we got Johnston playing with Hints and Guryanov, and then we got Bork playing with Pavelski, Pavelski and Ben, and we got um, Delandria playing with Sagan and Peterson, and then Blumel, who's been dominant, oh my God. And playing with Stankovin and Foxa. And you know, Foxa is. We're watching football right now as we record this, and, and, and Tua for the Dolphins is being carted off. To an ambulance. This oh. I've never seen that for a quarterback. Hopefully everything's okay with him. My gosh. Um, anyway, yikes. That's that's scary. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, football is pretty violent too, guys. Yeah, f- football is violent, guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah it's kind of hard hard to turn that to a positive. But we're looking good in the preseason so far. We're giving the young guys a shot. Um, Peter DeBoer's system's going to ask for more offense. Uh, the highlights of what I think we're going to be looking for in tonight's game is Nils Lundqvist is going to get an opportunity to be uh, playing with Miro. Miro's been hasn't had an opportunity to play on his strong side, and having a right-handed D partner like Nils, he may be able to get over to his strong side now, which could be great for an increase in his production, but as well as see how great Nils Lundqvist can be. Stankovin, Johnston, Bork, and Blumel are all four that have showed signs of greatness this far. And uh, I think we should all just keep an eye on them, whether they make the team or not. Those are the future. Players are the stars we look, have to look forward to. Delandria is the headline uh, prospect for me that uh, needs to decide whether uh, now is his time or not to become a steady NHL player. He's been buzzing consistently um, up and down the ice, but does he fit uh, – 
on this roster? Are Student Nietzsche already doing what he does better? Is he better than Student Nietzsche? Is he fit in a different way? I don't really know. So I'm looking forward to the rest of this preseason, um, and I'm looking forward to the start of the regular season and to see how our page develops and keeping up with all this and how our podcast gets better, and hopefully we can start introducing more and more features to this podcast, more guests, more fans uh, added on. A lot's gone on, yeah, in the past couple months since we've been away, but it was a great summer, and the boys are back. It's great to, to see them playing some games again. Um, Bally, uh, Bally Sports now has an app, which everybody can pay a lot of money for each month <laughs> to watch the games now, so uh, thank you, Bally, for, for that. Um, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll be posting streams and stuff as well to help other people, uh, compensate for not having that. But, um, yeah, just in general guys, again, following the page. Thank you. If you're more than a couple years old, uh, that have followed us, I'm sure you're just in the same disbelief I am at, at uh, how big this thing's become and, and really how big of a voice we've got now in this community of, of really good sports fans and good people, uh, that we've met along the way. So, Looking forward to seeing a lot of you guys at the games going forward, but uh, we're looking forward to expanding our voice through the audio waves uh, throughout this season and making this a weekly show. So um, we'll be having fan interviews. We'll have some giveaway items. Uh, we've got some sponsorships to announce in the coming weeks. So uh, definitely stay tuned in. Tell your friends, uh, any other hockey lovers around, that this is the show and the place to be for anything Stars related. And um, we're just looking forward to a new season. Boom. Go Stars. Season 2, baby. Episode 1 in the books. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Sign Robo Stars.